everybody, welcome to Rise Up the Podcast. I'm here, Dan Seibel, with the two favorite hosts, Greg Gremlian and Scotty Rogers. Fellas, how are we doing? You guys have a good week, good weekend? I got a little Ooh. bit of a conundrum right now. My AC unit's out. I'm going to be sweating bricks this whole episode. I just turned my no. AC off because it was sounded like raindrops in here. So I'm taking one for the team. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> I'm not getting too hot. Greg, how you doing? I am in a temperate, well air conditioned basement. But just in case that turns off, I'm wearing an all black t-shirt. Strategy. No Strategy. one can tell if you're sweating through your t-shirt when you wear the all black. Such a dad. So, veteran move. That is veteran move. Boys, we had a great week of lacrosse last weekend. Uh, the atmosphere looked awesome in Denver. We talked about last week on the podcast. Um, smaller stadium. You know, it felt like it was it was buzzing all weekend with that you know crowd right on top of everyone. A lot of former University of Denver players really turned up out there. Awesome to see them kind of come back. The fans come out and watch them. Let's get into uh, a recap of those games. And and uh, we'll start actually with the Water Dogs versus the Atlas. Water Dogs beat the Atlas 16-15 to in overtime. And one of those Denver Pioneers actually netted the game winner in OT. Awesome to see. What would you guys yeah, think? I mean, we, I mean, we talked about uh, Hannah last week, kind of how he's coming into his own. Obviously, going back to where he played, a little extra juice. Um that game, I think they were just up for that game. Listen, everyone when they play the Atlas right now, I think they kind of warranted like we got to we got to bring our A game. Um, the Water Dogs needed to prove something, and I think that was a, a big prove it game on their on their on their schedule. And I, dude, I was I was pumped to see that. That that was a great game. Yeah, I I, I agree with you that everyone's been kind of waiting now that they've had a couple games in a row. Everyone's waiting for them to beat like a, a top tier team and see if they're a playoff contender. And they are. Um, I was really impressed. Yeah, absolutely with Hannah. But you're right. People go into these games thinking we have to be efficient on offense and we have to play great defense and use our transition because we're going to lose probably 60 to 70% of our faceoffs, right? Because Trevor's the man. However, I think Tucci did a great job for the Water Dogs. He won some, some clean and he was a force in transition. And I could start to see him wearing guys down in the fourth quarter. He did a great job. So he gave Trevor everything he could. But, you know, this Water Dogs team was super efficient. And I, th I think you saw the Atlas making some some weird mistakes that they generally don't make as well. I mean, you could kind of feel that energy, though, right? Like from the Water Dogs, like the bench, they celebrated goals. Like everything was there. It seemed like a playoff game. That, that's what I felt like watching the Water Dogs compete. Dude, that's – they're they're figuring it out and it's coming in the right time. They're rolling. By the they're way, rolling right now. Who had DNAP with a 14 yard screamer to send an OT on their 2022 bingo card? That's a vet. That's a Shout vet. out to DNAP. That was sick. 100%. Well, 100%. I did have the Water Dogs winning this game, and you two had the Atlas. Yeah, that was I sucked this week. <laughs> we'll get into right. picks, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> The Water Dogs, I think that's their fifth win in a row. They are rolling. Yep. Atlas, no, no, no reason to hit the panic button. I mean, they played a great game. They scored 15 goals. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can point to the defense and say, "Hey, we need we need some more help from you guys." But I mean, just from a lacrosse fan standpoint, this was such a fun game to watch. So oh, much, yeah. you know, so much high pressure situation situations at the end. Like you said, DNAP scoring that. 
off stick near side step down sidearm from a, decreasing his angle. Unbelievable! What a shot! Um, and then yeah, Hannon, you know, burying it in overtime in, in his college stadium. What a game! What a game to watch! Yeah, I got a question for Greg. Like watching Trevor, is he? What what percent health do you think he's at right now? He's not a hundred, but yeah. he's. In order for you to face off in the PLL successfully, you have to be at least 85, if not 90%. I would say that Trevor's playing the way I'm watching him run. He looks like he's afraid to completely turn on the Jets. You know, like when you have a pulled hand, you never know if it's healthy unless you completely let it go on your sprint. That's when you find out. You can tell he's afraid to open it up a bit. But other than that, he looks good. So and, and like we said, I highly I highly doubt that the PLL is going to let him play if he's not close to 100 percent at this point. So he's definitely passed the diagnostics. Yeah, I mean, and if, and if listeners, you know, at home don't know the hamstring is one of the fucking worst things to go. It's nagging, and all yeah, you can do to make it better is rest. That's the only thing. The only thing you can do is nothing. That, so it's so frustrating. It fucking I, sucks. My one year with the Redwoods in 2019, I tore it against the Whip Snakes, and I played the rest of the game on it, and it was really stupid because I trashed it for like four weeks. I came back, tried to do the All Star game, tweaked it again, and it's it's so infuriating. So yeah, it's really really frustrating. But if you rest it and you're smart about your PT, I mean, out there in Colorado, he's got a hell of a team around him, and. Yeah. Um, he, you can tell he, he's putting he trained, in work. He, he trains out there, I think, too. So, I mean, he had all his trainers and stuff, too, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah, like we said, you know, great game. Um, both of those teams are sitting in good positions for the playoffs how right did, now. How did Teat um, do, by the way? How many points did Teat have? Teat, let's see. He had um, – it is not in the notes. Shout out to the producers on that one. Shout out to the intern <laughs> on that one, but uh, let me. We'll, I can look that up in the background. But I, I watched. I watched the game. I saw him have a couple. I think uh, I saw him have at least one goal. But uh, you know, the, why, those teams, why we going to know that is because I, I, I've been getting chirped all week about that Lyle bench. I just need to know what the final point totals were for these guys. Poor Lyle went off, but <laughs> I think we can get back to the stardom soon. We can recap last week when we get to that segment. Um, but let's move on. You know, we talked about Lyle. Um, let's move on to the Cannons game. You know, okay. the Cannons, they didn't win. They were the first game that weekend, that Friday night game. Redwoods beat the Cannons 15-12. to It was a back-and-forth game for, the, for a while, one-goal game for a while. Um, but just, you know, more of the same. You know, the Cannons can't take that extra step and get, get that win column. Yeah. I'm just watching like Nicky Morocco, dude, he made some great saves, like momentum saves in tight. It, so it, I, there's really not one person to blame. Like Lyle went off. I don't know if they're finishing well, um, but they're in every game. Right. And it's just like, it's the same story every week. I, look, Lyle does what Lyle does right? and he's going to continue to do so. But where is the other guy? Where is the defense going to step up, right? Are we going to slow him down a little bit? Like right now, it's it's just hard to watch right now because they, they, they're getting the right pieces together. Yeah. I, I think we touched Greg, on this a little bit. what you see in that one? You agree? Yeah, we, we touched on this a little bit last week when we talked about the problem with a team that is last in the standings and you keep getting these one-goal games or, you know, you keep losing – you can't put the whole thing together. 
I mean, you're starting to see the hashtag free Lyle on these premier lacrosse league posts. Um, because you got the league yeah. leader in points is on dead last team. And, you know, I, it's just, you're going to start seeing guys mentally check out. Like it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's human nature. They're going to say the right things. They're going to want to mentally will themselves to do the right things, but you're going to be in these hundred degree heat games and maybe you just don't get to that second slide or maybe you just don't get to the out of bounds before the, the opponent, you know, it's, that kind of stuff's going to start to creep in and things could get ugly. I mean, boys, like, like, what do you think though? Like, I, I know Lyle's doing his part. I know Asher's still doing his part, right? Like Drenner's still coming, like doing his thing. It, I, we talk about that midfield, right? Is it right? Rafus, right? Rafus is playing midfield. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I kind of want to see more. No, go on. Sorry. Yeah. I just, I, like I said, I want to see more of that like Rafus. I know he was last year. He was great. I, I just want to see him injected into that offensive flow a little more. I, I think I look at that this Cannons roster and like you you see that meme video where it's like that that high school football kid he's like talking about the running backs he's like we got so and so dog we got you know yeah, yeah, Jacob yeah. dog like I think I think about the Cannons right think of that I mean like Lyle dog you know Drenner dog. Rafus dog that you know rookie Donville he's playing awesome dog and they they can't put it together and and they're well, so close I agree with you we talked about the two ball being huge in this game and the Redwoods had two two pointers which is you know that's four goals and they won by three right and I say we but I, I really mean me I'm the one who said that so <laughs> they, when you look at the statistics team wise like they're almost dead even in every single category, except they won twice as many faceoffs. The the uh, Redwoods actually turned the ball over more than uh, the Cannons, so it really came down to those two point those two point shots. Hartsey, oh, I told you, yeah, Hartsey, we needed to see a Hartsey two pointer. We I, got I, it. I texted I texted him right after. Like that's yeah. throwback Hartsel. Yo, know? by the way, shout out to the PLL. The sickest photo of Hartsey with the with the two side from from the back it of his jersey fast. and the stands are yeah. packed in that one section. Yeah. Oh, it looks yeah. so good. I would frame yeah. that if I were in. Speaking yeah. of jerseys, the throwback jerseys were sick. Yeah, oh, when we get done talking about this week, I wanted to, I, I want to those. hear what your guys' rankings were on those jerseys. All right, we'll get I back to that for sure. But, hey, but going back to this game, uh, Garzny Ryder played well. Dude, uh, I thought he played well. And when he plays well, but when he plays with that energy, they're a whole different team. It's like his energy sparks it, you know? Yeah. And, and Bertrand had a fantastic game. He's putting up highlight reel goals left and right. Um, you know, he's a guy we'll that came out of Merrimack College. He, he did his fifth year at UVA. He was, yeah. you know, a little bit unknown. But, I mean, the kid's a straight-up baller. And, and he's coming he into his ball. own. I, I know he plays the indoor game. He he's, you know, gets better and better every time I watch him play. Yeah. Oh, he's he's going to be better as a pro for sure. Yeah. 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 He he doesn't get enough love I, I, because that Redwoods offense has so many like singular stars. Bertrand, in my opinion, is really an X factor on that offense. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and Rob, you know, he looked great. He was he was uh, two and three, really kind of quarterbacking out there, doing his thing, looking well, like you know, Rob. I think now. I think Rob I think Robbie needs to be that calming presence for that offense, like because. They got Dodgers. They got dynamic plays everywhere. They got like the dancing and all. They got all the swag. Robbie is the steady Eddie. Like he could do two and three, one and three, 
But he just has to keep doing his thing back and forth, nice and calm. And I just think they play better when he's like that. Absolutely. I, agree. Um, I, I think the Redwoods right now, they're, they're in a decent spot. They're three and five. The, the Redwoods, the Chaos, and the Cannons are the only teams that, that aren't clinched for the playoffs, and there's two spots left. Um, looking at the, the PLL website, it, it's, it only gives the Cannons an 18% chance to make the playoffs right now. I don't know who's cranking those numbers in the back end, but does that make you think the Cannons guys are going to mail it in? You know, maybe they do a deal like kind of the Atlas did with Paul, like ship Paul out and just get some stock. You know, ship Lyle out, get some stock, plan for the future. No, what do you guys think? Dude, I think I that think last so. spot, because that last spot, right, Greg knows, like that last spot is makeable. Like it's the seventh seed. So if you're trying to win, we got what? Uh, the Cannons are two and, two and five. Two and five? Two and six. Two and six, and then the Cannons are one and six, right? One and seven. One There's seven. two games so left in the season. Still... Yeah. I mean, when you want to talk about what are the odds of them making it over the kicks, well, they, they're three behind as far as score differential goes. And I look right. at their last two games. The Chaos are going to play this week against um, – who do they have? Chaos have the Archers. The cannons have Chrome. The Chrome, which is and each, it's possible. Each either of those games are possible. And then right. last week the cannons play the Whip Snakes, and the Chaos play the Atlas. So, you know, it's like it would have been a little bit easier to be more cut and dry if they played each other. But yeah, I mean, either one of these teams could slip up and go zero and two in the last two weeks. So if you win, you're in. So. We'll see, man. Totally. Totally. It'll week. be interesting to see, I, I think, that last I week. Yeah. I don't think they're going to mail it in. I don't think they're going to mail it in, though, like I said, no. like Greg said. Because like, that spot's still doable. Totally. No. I was just saying I there's agree. danger there. You never know, right? If it, All it takes is one guy to do it, and then you know how these locker rooms go. It's infectious. Absolutely. We, we touched on in, on the chaos and later on in the show, we have Blaze coming on as our guest uh, this week. We're really excited about that. The Chaos had a tough loss this week, 13-9 to to the Chrome. Chrome back in the win column. Uh, they, they looked like a well-oiled machine out there. You know, offense, or de- excuse me, defensively holding that Chaos offense to only nine goals. You know, that's, that's something to brag about, I think. And then the offense looked like they were just doing their thing out there. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, good. No, good. I think Connor Farrell imposed his will in the fourth quarter. Um, I will say this after my ridiculous rant about Matty Penn last week, it looked like it looked very obvious. There was a concerted effort for them to wait that extra second to make sure Adler got done doing whatever the hell he was doing. Um, and because of that, Connor Farrell totally pumped him. Um, yeah. So, you know, when things are, when all things are even Connor Farrell, usually going to come out on top. And I thought he did a great job, especially in the fourth quarter, um, of not just winning the faceoffs but holding onto the ball. Um, uh, I was kind of I was kind of shocked that we didn't get to see in in that matchup if Max is getting you know beat up why you wouldn't go to a CJ and let him he's yeah. not he's going to win his fair amount of of, of clamps too but and he's going to wear he's going to wear down Farrell yeah you know that but attack line for the Chrome went off you know those guys doing their thing too we had Wisnowskis one and four Malloy two and two Nick turned two and one I mean they might have the best attack line in the PLL 42 to Watson 22 Nick- in ground balls for the Chrome Oof. 
the, the chaos are dead last in ground balls in this league. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I mean, listen, watching Nick turn every week, he's just getting – he's a vet, dude. It's like watching a vet play – like. He reminds me of like uh, Jordan Wolf, but like Jordan Wolf three or four years in. Like he's playing like that right now. And then obviously Dylan Malloy, I think he found his old form, right? I think he's back to like playing the way he was playing with the guy we know, right? Yeah. And, he, and that's the X factor for that offense right now is him, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also so – I, I was watching the post-game interview um, – and Byrne was talking about how he's like, we're at we're at our best when we're moving the ball quickly. We got the two man game. He's like, we didn't change fields at all while we were out there. Really, he's like, we 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 didn't do a lot of what we're best at. And I think the game before that, you know, they had 50-50 faceoffs. They're getting a decent amount of possessions. This game, they're getting way less possessions. Um, they're getting out ground balled all over the place. You might start seeing that sometimes at any level, even in the pros. When guys aren't getting enough touches, they start to do things a little out of character, out of character, yeah. um, and rush things. And I, I feel like they weren't as efficient at getting everybody touches and moving the ball when they were on offense. He'll tell you, and as a goalie, it's very stressful when you're the only way you're going to get that ball to the offense right now is if you make a save. Yeah. So, and like Greg knows. So if Greg won fifty percent, we're still having an edge if we have decent goaltending but if you have decent goaltending and no face-off action he the stress on him right now is the only way to get that ball to josh is to make the save and to start transition and that's so stressful he does a lot dude he does so much for them it's like i know he's got to be frustrated we'll ask him but the pressure is he's got to make 20 saves a game where if kyle burnlor is in right now kyle burnlor has got to make 12 saves a game 12 saves a game with a good defense and and a, a, a veteran team that's a lot easier, man. Yeah. Well, here's interesting, right? Last year, the best goalie in the league is second to last place. Last year, statistically, right. the best attack in the league is dead last. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Yeah. That, and I have two takeaways from this game, too, or at least two things I want to get your guys' opinion on. First off, you know, Josh Byrne is nasty. I mean, he doesn't get enough love. That – you know, that left to right and opening up and stinging one on Scanoni was so sick. That separation he gets, just his his footwork looks amazing. He's getting separation against everyone. Um, you know, he is definitely the spark that that team, that if that team wants to, you know, make the playoffs and make a push like they can, like we've seen them do, it starts with him for sure. And I think, like you alluded to in that post-game interview, he knows what they need to do to get that done. And then my other takeaway was, which I love to see, was um, Manley and Frazier going at it in the box. You know, those are two just junkyard dogs. Dude, I'm going to tell you right Man, now. Manley's a tough I'm going to tell you right now. If dude. that didn't happen in lacrosse helmets on a field, Manley would have had him cuffed to a bench in about 15 <laughs> seconds. All right? And I'm all for yeah, I'm all for the rah-rah, you know, if you have to make yourself feel yeah. big and strong. It's fine. I get it. Mike Manley will put you to sleep. Okay? He is not a fake cop. He's a cop, right? <laughs> he's a cop. He right? is a yeah. cop. He's a stady. And he will absolutely <laughs> – yo, I think it was in the bubble. It was in the bubble, I think. No, I'm sorry. It was when we played the Chrome and when I, when I was playing. Last game of the season – 
Cav and Garnsey kind of went at him, and there was like a scrum. And I look over, and Manly has Cav in a headlock, like a like a sleeper hold, like like basically yeah. shushing him within 15 seconds. I didn't know even how how it happened, and he's just like, Shh. dude, he's like, he's like a real tough guy. Like he's a real tough guy. And listen, I respect what. Frazier does. Like, Frazier's a big kid. Yeah, he's a big yeah, yeah. kid. And, he's, and you know, he's, he's, he puts the Canadian he's style across. He's not going to take shit from anybody, but I don't know no. if he wants to step up to the bat with him. No. Look, that was very smart. No, Do it no. when you have helmets on, and there's at least three officials who can get in the way of the bloodbath. I, you know, I have a question for you guys, though, about the chaos. Like, we talk about the midfield needs for certain teams, that dodging threat, that dynamic threat. Dude, I, so when you play that Canadian style, they got pairs mm-hmm. everywhere, right? Did, do you think that like a, a dodging threat, like when they used to have Fracaro and he could pull it from deep, right? That was a yeah. threat though. Like that was still a threat, an American threat. He probably spaced the defense out a little bit. Oh, Fracaro was a nightmare to get around. ready for. Do you think they need? Oh, dude, he's hard. it's yeah. so hard. To he's awesome. Hard to him. But do you think they're missing that midi that we keep talking about? Like that dodging midi? Not with this offense, I don't think. I think I agree with you. I this agree. offense does what they're supposed to. I think we, we're forgetting uh, this game was tied 9-9 going into the fourth. It looked to me watching the fourth quarter that the Chrome just kind of kept going into that gear, and it looked like the chaos definitely got tired. Um, that's just what it looked like. It was yeah. a, you know really hot out there, whatever, but Chrome, are, when you're like you had said, you're getting the face-offs over and over again in the fourth quarter, and you, you sting one, and then you get another. It's like shit's a wrap after that. Um, and that's what it looked like to me. I don't think their offense needs – I don't think they need to change anything. They just need to play their offense better. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and that's – I got, you know, validation thinking that from Byrne in, in his press conference. But I also think on the other side, their defense played pretty well until the fourth quarter. I mean, they only gave up nine goals. I mean, Rowlett played his balls off. He, did you yeah. see the 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 double that he had when he just oh, when yeah. he laid out for it, took the dude's arm off? Yeah, like a tomahawk. They play hard, man. This is a good team, and it's got to be so frustrating to come up short like this. Who, who? How many face-off guys are on their roster right now? Well, they had uh, TK, they had Jerry, um, and now they're with Adler. That, dude, that's the only – I think that's a problem. Like, I, I think that's really going to hurt going deeper into this thing. Because, listen, every team at the top right now has a dude. Like, the Whipsnakes have a dude, right? The, like, the Trevor. Dude. At 80%, Trevor's beating everybody, yep. right? So, it's like, Adler – if Adler makes it a 50-50 game, cool, because Blaze will make those saves. But you need to at least yeah. give him well, a chance. I think – it, and I don't want to take too much from it because this is Connor Farrell, who's arguably probably third best faceoff guy in the league right now. Um, right. But at the same time, it, it, if I'm Andy Towers, I'm sitting here watching the film like, okay, last week he was allowed to do anything and he went 50-50. This week he wasn't allowed to do some of the stuff he usually does. He got his teeth kicked in. What do I do this next week? Well, I, I think you keep him this week because they're playing the Archers, right? Are, the Chaos are playing the Archers, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, you got Anasio who's a rookie and he's, you know, he's still figuring this thing out. So maybe Adler would have a, have a better chance. Um, but yep. yeah, so look, we talked about this before the chaos have a history of not having good. I want I'm not going to say good face-off guys. They've had good face-off guys, but they just haven't had good face-off seasons and they're still able to win. 
So I just, I honestly think that if that, that attack played, that offense played the way they usually do, they could have won this game, but they just didn't do that long enough where then the Chrome turned it on in the fourth quarter. Totally. And I think, you know, everything that we've talked about with uh, the chaos and how Andy Towers coaches, how those kids are in the locker room, I don't think they're worried right now. I think, you know, they're telling themselves, you know, we're going to get into the playoffs and then we're going to make a run. But um, I think, I think that's their outlook, but... You know, you guys mentioned how the game was, you know, separated because of the, the face-off difference. And I believe the last game we're going to talk about is the Whip Snakes Archers might have been the most lopsided face-off differential on the weekend. Nards had himself a, a fucking day. He went 20 of 26. And this was a little bit of a wonky game. There was a two-hour rain delay um, that, that, you know, we've probably all dealt with that before. It kills the momentum. And, and whatever team kind of comes out of that rain delay, more ready to play, usually comes out with that win. And it was a tight game, 13-11. Um, Rambo did his thing. The Whips did their thing. They just keep winning. What did you guys see in this one? What did uh, My thing is, what did Dobson 13 saves. I know they, yeah, shout out to him for his cur- first career start. Big shout I mean, out to him. Yeah, I mean, that's it. that kid's really, really good, right? The Archers, they're going to be in the playoffs. So we, we always bash the Archers. Are they going to, you know, are they faking it? Whatever, they got to beat teams. I think these games right now, these are good games to get in under your belt against the Whipsticks, playing them hard like that, like playing it to the end, right? That's without a face-off battle at all. Actually, yeah. it was and, one-sided and as shit. You make a great point. It wasn't point. even a battle. And I lost my goddamn mind when that game started. So I don't know what happened. I, I, if, if I hear anything other than Anasio forgot his shoes in the locker room, I'm going to snap. Okay, you have second-best face-off guy in the league, goes out there, and you go, okay, the guy who we are paying to face-off how about you sit this first one out? We're going to put the poll out here. Graham Hasek, yeah, he went with like he he like tried to stab Nards with his butt end or some shit. Nards was gone in a second, and then they swore right away. He's a scary individual. Oh, okay, Anasio, you're cold. Okay, yeah, now you go out and, and go against, and then he gets dusted for a goal. That is completely on the Archer staff. You started the game out 2-0, and you already got Nards hot. If I start a game like that as a faceoff guy, I'm like, you guys are screwed. I don't care what you do the rest of the game. I'm hot. Yeah. So they really put themselves – and the fact that they only lost by two blows my mind. Because imagine if they actually were intelligent about the way they started that game. But, yeah, I mean, Joe had a great game. Um, he had 11 ground balls. Awesome for him. Rambo had four points. Um, and Burnlor was Burnlor, a 55% save percentage. Uh, and – Crazy. Yeah, listen, I think going into that game, the Archers had the offensive veteran kind of like poise to always be in that game, right? But the Whipsnakes, once again, showed us why they're champs, why they're the best team in the league. They're poised. Like, dude, they're so disciplined. The way they play is so disciplined, right? And no, there's no ego. Yeah. There's no ego on that offense right now. Are you guys concerned? Are you guys concerned that we really haven't seen the whips blow anyone out and really just kind of dog teams, especially you know with these face-off differentials? Like they're they're keeping it close. They're letting teams kind of hang around. Are we worried? I would. I if if I told you, besides you're gonna you're gonna win the PL championship, but you're only gonna win every game by one goal. You'd be like, all right, I'll 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 take some house. You know, uh, I don't know, take some. uh, What's, what's that stuff? Tums? Yeah, I'll use some Tums to deal with the ingestion <laughs> that I'm going to have and heartburn, but I'll win every game. You know, it's like if, if someone says, hey, man, you're, uh, 
you want the body of your dreams, but you weigh 350 pounds. You're like, wait, I look fantastic. I don't give a shit what I weigh. Same thing here. Um, you know, I think, I think the, the thing that we have to look at, I would rather, if I'm a coach, win every game by one or two, because I know that we are battle tested. The teams yeah. that blow people out early, you've seen this in college across, blow people out. And then all of a sudden you have a hard game and you get your teeth kicked in because you're not prepared for it. I think mentally, this is an important thing. It's why the whip snakes win. Cause they don't worry about how much they win by. They just go out and win. The Archers, the Archers poured it on in the fourth yeah, quarter I'm too. Telling you, these games I mean, not- they played their best quarter in that fourth quarter and they still, yeah. you know, came up too late. So like the whips having the team they have, they just don't freak out in those situations. So it's like, when they play, it's fun to watch because if they're down three, they know that, listen, one goal, one at a time, they chip away, right? Defensively, they bear down. They give they give Burnler shots that he knows he can save. It's just they trust each other, dude. It's like I'd rather them get one goal wins right now because when they go into the playoffs, that's what it's going to be anyway. And then Nard's winning those, like, 11. what do you have, 10 ground balls, Greg? 11? I mean, that's, that's a different approach to the faceoff, but yeah. he, he scraps. Dude, he scraps, so he's never really getting his ass kicked. He's always scrapping and trying to get a Lucy or trying to get a back. Yeah, the only time you see him get flat out beat up is when he goes against Trev. Uh, Everybody else, he's. It doesn't matter what kind of day they're having. What I what I like about Joe is, you know, people forget that professional lacrosse when it comes to being a faceoff guy, you get better as you get older because you get more experience. You understand every referee's name. You understand their cadence. You start to scout guys. You see them three, four, five times. And then you really get – I mean, look at their wings. They have the same damn wings every year that are the best wings in the league. Um, so, you know, Joe will – like, I faced off against Joe one game in the MLL. He literally just stood up on every single faceoff and just started beating the shit out of me. Like, he'll change his he'll change his, his approach yeah. depending on who he goes against. So, you know, good – you know, kudos to him because he's, he's adapting as a, as a vet. Totally. I, I completely agree with you guys. And, and I do agree with, you know – they shouldn't be worried about winning these close games. I, I do agree that it, it, it's battle testing. It's they're prepared for the tight ones. Um, and yeah, that wraps up our, our week, week recap. Um, you know, we mentioned it. What a great week in Denver crowd was fantastic. Um, next week, you know, we got Salt Lake city. Uh, we'll preview those games later on in the show. Give you guys our picks. Fellas, we touched upon this in our, in our weekly recap. Um, and I know we were firing in the group text about this when they were going on. How sweet were those throwback jerseys this week? I thought that was a huge win for the PLL. Dude, I, I love those jerseys. I'm t- like, listen, man, the throwback, that's what we, Greg and I played in those in high school. I know my public school, that's what we had. That's what yeah. we played in. So. Government cheese jerseys right there, man. Yeah, I love Yo, them. Dude, I, I, kind of, I miss playing. I, I am fully jealous of those Redwoods jerseys. Oh, yeah. With the gray shorts, dude. Oh, I thought the I thought the chrome. I, I like the chrome. The chrome's uh, throwback. Throw, so, who, what were your Scotty? What were your top three throwback jerseys from this weekend? Because I, I I like the yeah I like the Atlas, uh, the chrome. I like the Chaos ones too, actually. So those are my top three. Yeah, mine were Woods, Archers, Chrome in that order. I thought the yeah. the orange ones were very retro. Yeah. I personally, Redwoods were the best by far. I think those, yeah. the way the, the gray shorts off, really made it, man. The gray shorts were unbelievable. It looked like they were in middle school gym class. Like how throwback yes. they were. <laughs> it was. I, so I mean, good. I think Greg, Greg should still be able to get one to him. I mean, he's an alum. 
So that's right. I'm going to talk guys, to Nat. You guys got connects to the PLR. Let's get let's get some merch. Let's get some of those. No, I want to chrome one. I'm, I will not be getting an Atlas jersey. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's there, there's a tweet floating around today that a lot of people jumped on because I said that uh, Mike and Paul are afraid of of Matty Palin. So I don't know if I'm getting anything now. We'll see. I got to go find that so I can retweet. You can order them online. You can order them, but they're not they're not the pothole mesh. They're I don't know. They're like shirts that are just that color. (laughs) I get a a t-shirt jersey. It doesn't look anything like it. Now, what I hope though going forward is that, say, like in college, like you know, I when I was in college, like when when I was a captain, the coach would be like, "What what combination of jerseys like you guys want to wear for this game?" And like you kind of get the mix and match the combo of jerseys you want to wear, like white top, blue shorts. I hope that they have that kind of autonomy where they can be like, hey, we want to – or if someone had a good game, it's like, all right, we, we had a sick game in these last week. Let's keep it going. They got good mojo. Hey, yeah, Greg, that's Greg, not going to happen. <laughs> Greg, 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 Why Greg, can you I say that? Because that's Listen, not the way it works, dog. Let me, tell you, let me tell you who makes the decisions over there. <laughs> Yo, in the MLL? Yeah. The Lizards win in a throwback jersey, and we tell you know we tell the, the organization, yeah, we want to do those again next week. They'd be like, okay, okay. If, if this league – I mean, look, it's it's a traveling league, so everything's planned out ahead of time. Now, the reason they did this, that's more merch, man. That's great. But we got to enjoy it because I thought they were sick. The reason they got it is because Paul liked it that week. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, saying, I... like, obviously it's a smart move. You're like, yeah, you know, it's like LeBron. Every time he changes his number, it's like, well, jerseys. Updated jerseys. Here we go. Do you do you think because they were so well received that the POL will start going more alternate jerseys in the future? Here's what I will say. I think I do. The league was an Adidas league, so we got Adidas uniforms, and I I I think it would be an intelligent move for Paul and Mike to kind of fish around and see what would like champion jerseys look like. Cause these really look like Adidas uniforms with a champion logo. That's like 17 inches long right. stamped on the side of it. But if champion comes that's to huge. the deck and says, Hey, look this year, this is what we're thinking. Yeah. I, I say, why not? Because I, you know, just be, just because the league started with that. Look, the one thing I, one of the things I love about Mike and Paul, they're absolutely not afraid to go for it. Right. I mean, the league itself right. was completely just, People were like, oh, they're going to do this. And, oh, the names are dumb. Oh, really? Uh, you have $7,000 worth of chaos stuff now, right? Like, yeah. they just yeah. go for it, and people will catch on if it's done right. I don't see why they'd be afraid to go full-time with those jerseys. I agree, Sibes. I just think that they're poking around to see what champion might want to do next year. Yeah, Sibes, I think they I think they should have, like, four. Four jerseys that they could, like, alternate with. And one one of them like the porthole throwbacks, but one of them just an alternate, like like an alternate color, whatever it is. And I, it just gives them options, yeah. right? Just options. I like every kind of option other than Matt Gray helmets for the chrome. <laughs> you yeah. you touched on a funny point though, Greg, that I noticed too, which I think is so funny on all the jerseys that. <laughs> It's like someone went on Microsoft yeah. Word and took the size 12 font champion logo and just <laughs> typed in 72 and just blew it up as big as possible. Hey, yo, good for you. Whoever whoever did the deal for champion was like, all right, we got everything on deck. Like the last second they slid in a clause, they're like, but the champion logo has to be ginormous. <laughs> Huge. Huge. Yeah. Big enough to cover the Adidas logo that's definitely underneath it. 
Yeah, that's that's always funny to see that giant logo. But Champion Gear in general, I feel like, is making a comeback. I feel like it's almost like cool. The the younger kids in high school are all rocking Champion stuff now. No, it's retro, man. Champion used to yeah. be like, like yeah. the kind of like underneath Adidas and Nike. Now it's like, okay, well, if we just make our shit more expensive, now it's like, you know, it's, yeah. so Champion's really expensive shit now. They're like, come get your Redwoods t-shirt. Oh, sick. It's Champion? Nice. $72? Okay, yeah. I mean... I guess, I mean it's champion, so I guess it's worth it. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean next we're gonna next we're gonna have starter jackets. Oh, we're please, gonna have starter jackets. Please, can we do PLL starter jackets? I feel like didn't they have those at some point? Say. No. A whisper of a dream. Oh, it was probably Vinny Vines. <laughs> I feel like I've seen. I feel like I've seen RJ rocking one on the sidelines. Dude, these kids have no idea what's coming. There's a hurricane coming. If 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 starter jackets come back. You're gonna see, you're gonna see a oh, bunch yeah. of dads like me rocking starter jackets all over the place. That's our, that's our, yeah, that's our generation yeah. for sure. Get your ass beat for that starter jacket. <laughs> you gotta watch out on, gotta watch out during recess. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we all liked uh, those uniforms though. I'm glad they were really well received. It seemed like they were well received and on Twitter as well and lacrosse Twitter and um, just big big win for the PLL. Sometimes they make moves like that that kind of get poo pooed, but no, that's a that's a big win for them and, and good good job that it was well received. Moving on, we got a new segment for the show this week, mailbag segment. We had our listeners write in, ask some questions. So I will encourage everyone, if you're listening, comment on our Instagrams, comment on the YouTube videos, tweet at us. If you want your question read on the show, we'll give you a nice little shout out. And uh, we'll, we'll chop it up and ask you a question. So, so this first question is from E. Dardani23. And the question is, is Tom Schreiber still the best player in the world? Ooh. Yes. Okay. It's that, it's that simple for me. I have a little bit of a different answer. Absolutely. Go on. That's there great. It is. Yeah, he, look, Schreiber is the most complete, absolute best midfielder in the world. And if I had to start a team, I agree. I would 100% start with him. Uh, not just because of the fact that he can do everything on the field, but the fact that he leads, the fact that he does things the right way. He's an incredible ambassador for the sport. Like, yep. he does everything right. Um yeah, I mean, I would totally build a team around Tom. Now, here's the other question, though, Sibes, is who else is in that conversation? Okay, so I I was going to, you know, play a little devil's advocate. So I agree with both of you guys, and and I agree that I don't think there's any ever been someone who's had the amount of success in the box game and the field game as much as he has, right? Like, he's he's mastered every type of lacrosse. Captain America. And his vision, the way he's – unselfish it's just like you said you want to, he's the guy you want to build a team around um but and to John play Grinch. devil's advocate i'm 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 assuming that you know whoever wrote this in probably thinks that you know tom's getting a little old and is a big fan of the new wave coming in so maybe that's what the angle is what do you yeah. think about that like do you think he's uh, dude on the decline listen, I, I got something Tom, I, played, I played i played with tommy for five years i mean in ohio like watching that guy, the way his body, like his body's never a hundred percent. The way he plays, it's always at like eighty percent, and he battles. Doesn't say a word, right? He's just a throwback kind of midi, bro. Like the way he plays is like so 
like two way to me. He could play defense. Like I watched him get the whole jam guys play D. But listen, he when you're on top for that long, literally people just try to like find an excuse to make you not the best. Well, he's still the best. I, I, I want to see him I, win. I think I'm going to take a little bit more of a positive approach on this because I actually think it's a good question. I think, you know, overall, like I, when I look at something like that, I, I think, okay, who would I absolutely build a team around? If I had number one pick in the PLL, who would I build a team around, right? Um, if I'm not going with a goaltender or a face-off guy, because I feel like that's not fair at this moment, because if I had a number one pick, I'd yeah. probably take a goaltender or a face-off guy. But if we're looking at overall player, I can't think of another person that I would go to other than Tom. And here's here's the argument for Tom is every year that he's been in the league, whether it was the MLL or the Archers or whatever, his team either makes the playoffs or goes and wins a championship or is at least competitive to do one of those two things. Right now in the PLL, the Archers have made yep. the playoffs every single year. Um, so when you're looking at it from that standpoint, it's like, okay, you know, he's always near the top of the rankings. He's always producing. Even someone like Lyle, because he's an attackman, can only do so much. His team's in dead last, and he leads the league in points. So when I look at a midfielder, that's where I would go to, and I can't think of anybody better than Tom Schreiber right now. But if we were to say two – I would go with, uh, like, Courier. Yeah. I mean, Courier's great. Like, Courier right? is, yeah. in my opinion, if you're going to – like, he's the best two-way midfielder in the world. He can do everything. He's like – What about what about Amend? He's Tommy of he's Canada. He's what? I think he's Tommy Schreiber of Canada. I like Canada. that. He's Canada, what, what about Amend? Would, would, wouldn't you be able to build a team around Amend? I think he might be next up, you know? Dude, Attackman. I know, like, but attackman a true just, ex-Attackman they, that wants to get assists more than they want to score is pretty pretty invaluable. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Ament could. I mean, Ament has been banged up a lot in his early career so far, um, and it's not his fault. It's just yeah. bad luck. But I would have to see a couple more years of him like playing every game or something to be able to, to say that. But I do think he's got the potential to totally be in that. I mean, I I, I kind of agree with I, I agree with Greg on this. Like, if you're not getting a Fogo or a goalie, I would either have like a um, shutdown defenseman, like a Tucker Durkin. Right, someone like that to kind of like be the glue, or a midfielder next. I, I think attack for me would be last, just because there's so many you. great attackmen in that league. Yeah. I, I, so I hear you. That's a fair dude. point. All right, good question. Thanks for sending it in. Our next question is from Topside Lax. Did the Chrome make the right pick taking Logan Wisnowskis number one overall over what was you know basically the consensus number one, Chris Gray? Well, listen. Can I go? I'm just going to say, listen. He is the best fit for that Whipsnakes team, right? So if Gray goes in there, they already have a dude. So if Gray's taking those shots at high volume, I'm going to tell you right now, Chanachuk, Vets, will definitely be like, dude, Chanachuk wouldn't care at all because he's here. not on that team. <laughs> you, the Chrome. Not Chan. No, no, no. Chanachuk <laughs> likes to shoot the ball. Greg, take it over for me. No, I, I, I agree saying, with you, oh, though. Sorry, sorry. You said, my bad, my bad. Um, I don't agree with you. So, uh, yeah. So, I, well, either way, I think for that, for the, my bad, for that attack group, right, to have Gray on there with the guys that they have, I don't think they need more shooters on that on that that line. 
I think they have all the, the, the threats they need. And he, this size for them is what their matchup advantage is right now is how big their attack is. Yeah. They're huge. Dude. I think, you know, look, Kid scored five points last game. <laughs> I mean, he's doing what needs to be done. Now, I, when you look at their offense, I, I wouldn't say they don't need another – they didn't need another weapon. I think – I think what they did, and this is the part I agree with you, is they went with this, with the type of weapon that they that they needed, um, and, and I, I I agree with you. They have a very large <laughs> attack, um, but when you look at the two guys they ended up getting, like Nick yeah. Turn, Nick Turn's been putting up the points, and Logan's been putting up the points. So we talk we talk about you know Sudes as being one of the most likable, respected coaches in the pros. And when he makes a, a, a choice like that, I know people who probably don't know pro lacrosse very well, like, you know, all the, all the, the kids on Twitter and stuff are like, meh, 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 meh. but like for those of us who understand suits, we're like, I'm not going to argue with suits. <laughs> Guy has built championship teams before. Yeah. And the, and, and Logan is producing. Now, if Logan was in and out of the lineup or if they were trying to send him out of the box or something, cause it hasn't been really working then I would say, yeah, absolutely. Maybe they should have gone a different direction. But it looks like everybody's winning from them drafting Logan because, you know, Gray's doing his thing for sure, and, and Wisnowskis is doing his thing. Yeah. Well, well, just think about this real quick. You get a that winning culture from Maryland coming from Maryland is going to rub off. He, he plays on the Chrome. Wisnowskis? Right, right, right. Coming right, from right. the Terps, gotcha. that culture of winning. Coming to the Chrome, coming to the Chrome who don't have a winning culture. Okay. He comes in. Gray was at the Tar Heels. They, they, they had talent. They never really put it together. They bring in a guy. There's something that's to be said for that. He, yeah. He I, agree. I agree. I agree. I think that matters. And here's the thing. Totally okay. redeemed yourself with that comment. They, they, they have the Chrome have Malloy playing that right side. You're going to draft Chris Gray and what, make him play behind? No. The the steal of the draft, as we've talked about, it, was Nick Turn. But no, that's not what we're talking about right now. That they need they had the spot to fill on that left side. Wisnowskis seamlessly filled that left side spot. You know, that attack unit was kind of wholesaled from they, they had spots to fill, and specifically that lefty spot. Yes, the Atlas, you know, it fell on their lap. They were going to take Gray if if um the Chrome didn't. I don't know if they would have taken Wisnowskis if uh, the reversal happened. An interesting yeah. thing for me was, um, you know, Jake Carraway's only played two games, I think, this year for the, the Atlas because mm -hmm. Gray filled that spot. And and yeah. he's a dude, man. He can rip the ball. He can, can beat his man. He can turn the corner. And I don't know why another team hasn't found a, a use for him. Um, because yeah, I agree with it you. seems like the outlets aren't using him. But I so totally I mean, I'm, I'm getting away yeah, from I the point. I, I agree with you guys that, you know, Wisnowskis should have been the first pick and it was the right call. Yeah. Our last question for this week is from what's Gucci 22. And this is a fun one, boys. Who wins in a UFC fight? Scotty or Greg? Take it away, Scotty. Wait, let's no. preface this. Have you guys ever fought? Before? I mean, we're not in the same weight class, right? I've never fought Scotty. No, always no. big hugs. No, it's all. Hugs. I've tried. It's I've tried hugs. to get Scotty. Um, I've tried to get Scotty riled up. It just doesn't. Work. I listen. Two different weight. Too lovable. That's not true. Listen, two different weight classes. Okay, I'm more of a power guy. 
Greg is a lot more agile than he looks. He works on his flexibility, his functionality. I'm not very functional, so I'm just probably going to punch myself out in the first round. That's it. <laughs> and then he'll start killing. I, 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 I would have to get Scotty to the ground. That's That would have to be what I'd do. Yeah, the, the UFC fight is an interesting tidbit, right? UFC that is win. interesting. I, if it, I, if, a wrestling if it was WWE no holds barred, it might be no different. If Scotty and I stood up blow for blow, then I'd have to I'd have to go nighty night. If it was say? boxing, if it was boxing, I'd feel okay. Yeah. If it was boxing, I'd feel comfortable. I mean, the yeah, UFC, if we get those if light gloves. If I go to the ground, you're, 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 yep. No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, and then I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna maybe, call we, can, maybe we can get a maybe we can get a sponsor to come in and get a pay per view. Manly, get in here and finish them. Nobody wants any part of it. Well, well that, that's a fun one. Maybe, like I said, we'll get some someone to sponsor it. We'll get a pay-per-view, and maybe we'll get these two in the, in the ring. But, uh, yeah, thanks for sending in these questions. Guys, listeners, please keep sending them in. Uh, these are fun for us. Uh, Sparks conversation. You guys get to have your voices heard, and, that, and that's what we're all about. You know, We're doing this for you guys. Keep writing in. We'll keep a- asking your questions. Next segment is a segment we introduced last week that we got a lot of shit for. And it, it's a really an impossible question. It's the stardom, sit'em, cut'em, three of the best players out of position. Last week we did the attack. Do you want do we want to recap that at all? Do you know we got yes. a lot of shit online for you want to recap it? Yes. All right, what do you got to say, Greg, then? You you seem passionate. Do you want to recap it? No, I mean, okay. Who started Rambo? I did. Okay. Sibes. Sides, which one of those three attackmen won this week? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rambo. How many points did Rambo have? Four. Yep. Yeah, I, it was. It was good. It was a good pick. I mean, he won. That was that was the idea. Um, we're and like we said, Scotty, we're gonna get shit no matter what. I get you know, as long as we wake up, we're gonna get shit for it. So, who cares? <laughs> No, I look. I mean, it's an impossible question. That's why we ask it. Of course, we could ask easy ones, but I thought, you know, my my thing was Rambo. I thought had the best chance to win, and I thought that he was going to put up points against that particular defense, and he did. And I, look, I admit that I thought the Redwoods would put a little bit more of a lid on Lyle. Do you guys think when you're playing Lyle at this point that you go, look, I would rather Lyle score six points? Then let the rest of the team crush us. Like, do you think that it's like if Lyle scores six and the cannons end up with ten because of yeah. it, we can beat them? But if we put so much attention on Lyle that we're sliding right away and going nuts about it, we're leaving other weapons open and Drenner drops, you know, whatever on us, and then we're we're screwed. Do you think there's an element of that? Totally. Like play regular I think that's defense? a great point because you you could put any defenseman in the world on Lyle. And and he's going to get his. He's going to rock back and forth. He'll throw throw one, you know, between his legs yeah. around the world, and it will find the way to the back of the net. He's going to get his. So it's like I, I agree. agree. Maybe you just you know, sit back and sit back, let him do his thing, let him, you know, milk the shot clock himself. Maybe he gets one, maybe he doesn't. But yeah, I think that's a good point. I really think. I mean, Apple leads the PLL by a mile and cause turnovers. I feel like I just thought Apple's been more disciplined this year. He's Always. been great. I thought. With him, and then look. If, if we talk about defenders, I'll be honest with you. If we're not, if we're not counting LSMs, if I had num- if I had one pick, my number one pick in this league would be Glazer, because of the way he communicates. It's 
it's literally an it's something incredible to witness. And I just thought yeah, that he like would have guy. all those pieces in place enough to kind of hold Lyle back a little bit. And it didn't matter. The kids, I mean, Lyle's just unbelievable. So, let, yeah, let's get right into this week. You mentioned defense, and we don't have Glaze on this list. But this week for our stardom, sit'em, cut'em, defenseman edition, we have Matt Dunn, Jack Rowlett, and Garrett Apple. Scotty, we're going to start with you on this one. I'm going to start Dunn because, I mean, dude, he's, they're winning, right? And he's their shutdown defenseman. So, for me, it's just that he's the guy for them. Um, two – Apple, just because, like Greg said, second, he's always like in the top of the league in turnovers, cause turnovers. He, I think, he makes the Redwoods better when he's on, right? And then three, I love Rowlett, but listen, that they're not playing great defense right now, right? All his hustle plays are great. I love his energy. He's the catalyst for a lot of things for them. But out of those yeah, three, that's, that's, that's I, what I got. Listen, Dunn is actually a very he's like an interesting combination of a Glazner and then like like a Tucker Durkin, like very good on ball. He's great on ball, but yeah. he's so philosophical and analytical in the way he approaches the game. If you listen, like you go to these um, best in class or first, first class lacrosse right. clinics and listen to Don break down the defensive position. It is incredible to watch. Um, and, and you're right there. It's not, a, it's not a coincidence that his defense yeah. is constantly in the top of the league. So, you know, I would go, I, I too, because also remember, you know, there's a lot of new pieces on that defense, short stick D, et cetera, this year. And they're still doing what they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have to I, – I, yeah, I would go with him. And then, yeah, I agree with you. I think chaos as a unit is not playing – is not playing great D. I would be interested to see – because Epp's my boy. But I would be interested to see how great Garrett Eppel is if – a Glazner isn't yeah. there giving communication because Epp kind of just does his thing better than most. Do you think him being a cause turnover machine works against him right. when he's playing someone like Lyle? Like you can't go for the cause. You can't go for the turnover against Lyle or you put yourself out of position. So I'm looking at this. I, I agree how you yeah, guys went yeah. at this in terms of like winning, you know, best chance to make their team win. But for me, as an attackman, I'm looking at this as who do I not want to go up in a one-on-one -on -one against, mm -hmm. right? And and for me, like Matt Dunn, he's just going to sit in the chair, play sound defense, like poke, poke, lift, poke. If you're going in one-on-one -on -one against Apple and Rowlett, they're going to fucking kill you. Like they're going to try to take your arms off. Or if they're the slide guy, yeah. <laughs> they're bringing the they're bringing the noise when they're sliding, right? Like so those are the two guys that I don't want to see. Period. So I'm going at it totally opposite way. I'm going to start Apple because, right, he's got the cause turnovers. He's going to take your lunch, and he's going to kill you while he's doing it. He, he's looking for blood. Yeah. Rowlett's the same way, but, you know, Apple right now is a little bit better. So I'll, I'll sit I'll sit Rowlett because he's still just junkyard dog. He's going to do whatever he can to take the ball away. He's going to dive at you. He's going to tackle you. He's going to grab you, and he's going to try to pop your helmet off when he's sliding. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna cut yep. Dunn just because of the three, he's you know you mentioned it's a good thing the most philosophical the most he's meat and potatoes right he's not gonna get beat he's gonna play sound defense he's gonna have a stick in the lane he's gonna get nuggets 
Exactly, exactly. He's not flashy, he's and not he's probably flashy. looking to to knock teeth out, which is why he's for me like the least fearful of the three. Which is the route I went and taking that, taking those picks. Okay, yeah, I, I think for me it was if I was going to have a defense and I had to draft one of these guys first, I would draft Dunn because he covered, he checks a couple more boxes. But when you talk about checking boxes, Apple can be an offensive weapon too. I mean, the guy will literally toe drag and dunk it, <laughs> um, and he's a great. He's great off the ground. Oh, yeah, he can pull up. Ooh, this is tough. Yeah. I think I am going to. I think I'm going to start. And also, I think Rowlett and Apple are a little too similar. I think Apple's a slightly more technically skilled version of Rowlett at this point, and I and Rowlett's young, so you know he can develop. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go Dunn, Apple, and then Rowlett. Yeah. All right. I like it, fellas. And rounding out the show, we have our picks for next week. It's going to be in Salt Lake City. Um, great venue. The PLL has been there before. Um, we got some great games on tap, too. Last week, your boy went 4-0, swept him. Greg went 3-1, and respectable week. And Scotty wearing the golden sombrero, 0 for 4. Yikes. We got a big bounce back week on tap, though. Scotty, we're going to start with you. Atlas Whipsnakes. Who do you got? This is a big game. I got the Atlas. I love it. Short and sweet. You got a reason behind that? What are you thinking? That's it. I just think it's that's the two teams that might see each other in a championship. The Atlas are they need this one because the Whipsnakes have had their number. I think this is the game. Love it. Greg, what are you thinking? Whew, Friday night. I gotta go whips until proven otherwise. I think you know, the whips beat them earlier this year when Trevor had himself a day and they still beat him. Um, but until the whip snakes let me down, I'm going to go with the whip on this. I'm in the same boat as you, Greg, the whips until they lose. I'm going to keep picking them whips, whips, whips. Um, I'm, 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 I'm on board their train, uh, for the picks for sure. I think that's, it's been, uh, strong and steady. So I'm going to keep it going. Next game of the weekend. We got yep. water dogs versus redwoods. Water dogs have been hot. Redwoods trying to find some mojo. Got a big win last week. What are we thinking? Greg, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, this one's interesting for me because it's impossible to ignore a team that's won five freaking games in a row. I think they really like Tucci. I think they might stick with him. And their offense is humming right now. And they're so good in transition. The key to this game, in my opinion, is going to be transition defense for the water dogs the redwoods both their twos last week were in transition and they are incredibly dangerous with those two bombs so you know i'm gonna go water dogs in this game because they've won five in a row i can't pretend like they're not they haven't won and they've won against good competition yeah scotty what are you thinking i got i got the i have the i got the water dogs man i think they're just hot right now i i love the way they're playing they're playing together high energy I'm going I agree. Dogs. I'm water dogs too. I know it doesn't make for uh, uh, good content, us not ragging against each other, us all being in the same boat, but I've, I completely agree with everything you guys said. You know, they're hot. They're finding their groove. They look like they're just having fun out there. I'm picking the water dogs. Yep. Next up on the docket, we have Chaos versus Archers. Two teams. Archers don't necessarily need a win, but they probably want to get back in the win column. Chaos, they pretty much need a win here. What do you? What do we think? What are you thinking? I'm going to go with the – I got the chaos, man. I just I just believe it's 
they know what they're up against. They know what they have to do right now. And it's they're made for this kind of push. They've done it before. So I just think it's I, I got the chaos. Yeah. Greg, the, what do you think? This is this is the toughest game of the weekend, in my opinion. And when I listen to the interviews and we sit there and go, okay, I think this is gonna be about a 50-50 battle on the stripe. If the Chaos win this game this weekend and the Cannons lose, let me see something here. So their game's at 3 p.m. on Saturday. The Cannons play right after them. The Chaos win and the Cannons lose, yep. it's, it's a wrap. They're in the playoffs. I don't see Blaze Reardon allowing them. I don't see him allowing this to happen. I also think Jack Rowlett is going to be so pissed that we cut him. Agreed. So I didn't cut him. I sat him. No, I sat to him. To be honest, don't be mad at me. Their offense, like we said, their offense doesn't need to do anything different. They just need to be their offense. And I know those guys are going to go in the locker room after that game and said, "We just need to play the way we're supposed to." And I think they're going to. And I think the chaos will come out playing well. And I, I got to go with Blaze Reardon in this situation. And I think that the chaos are going to end up with a win here. I'm on the same page. We're, we're, we're linking up on this week. I'm all on board with the chaos with playing with their backs against the wall. I feel like they thrive in this scenario. I always think of that, that clip. I think it was Newman. It was like 12%, 12 fucking percent. Right. Like, you remember that? It was like, oh, that's the chances you guys thought we had. And then they ended up winning it all. And they love yeah. that. They feed off of that stuff. So yeah, I think, I think they're going to hit stride with their back against the wall. Final game of the weekend, Cannons versus Chrome. My Chrome, I'm going to keep picking Chrome. I'll start it off Chrome. Simple as that. Wow. So, yeah, this I'm is what I'm picturing too. in Salt Lake City. I'm picturing this game, the last game of the weekend, okay, 5.30 p.m. on a Saturday, and the Chaos just beat the Archers. And they're standing behind the cannon's bench watching the game, and the chrome just crush them. Like I, I just think, I, I just see this writing on the wall. I think the chrome are going to be ready to go. I think they're going to yeah. win at the stripe. I think they're going to win in cage. Um, and I, I see them winning this game. So yeah, I'm going chrome too. This was not, this wasn't that hard to to pick that one. Yeah, I agree. I mean. I love love seeing some upsets here and there, but I think you know on paper, week week was pretty straightforward. Let's see how the results pan out. Um, comment who you think is going to have the best record. Um, comment who you think's wrong, who's right. Let us know. Let us know your picks if you disagree with us. But that is our show, fellas. Another great week. Another love one. doing this with you guys, listeners. Make sure you subscribe to. Apple, subscribe to Spotify, subscribe to Torch Pro's YouTube channel if you want to watch us chop it up and you want to see our pretty faces. Guys, thanks for doing this again. Great week. Oh, yeah. See you boys in the winter circle. To the moon. To the moon. Later, fellas. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening to today's episode of Rise Up. 
My name is Danny Healy. I'm head of content at Torch Pro, and I'm super excited about where this podcast is headed. I think Greg, Scotty, and Danny are doing an unbelievable job, and they're going to take over the game of lacrosse. It is only the start for these guys, so tune in next week. I wanted to introduce you to some other content we have at Torch Pro, specifically our daily sports newsletter, The Morning Blitz. It is everything you need to know about the world of sports delivered right to your email inbox in a five-minute or less read. I promise you, you will love the content and maybe laugh a little every morning. So go sign up. You can find the link in our bio. You can find the link at torchpro.com or in the description of this podcast. So go become a smarter sports fan, sign up for the morning blitz, and we'll see you next week.